0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen, and died sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side, and he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing whom I wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. You, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. God is good. Uh, before we dive into these readings, uh, just a few announcements. Uh, remember, there's little blue slips in the pews there think there should still be. But well, if you haven't already, but fill up yeah, the little blue sheets. We're trying to update our directory. And so it'll be huge. it would be very helpful if, uh, if you t- fill those out and, and turn those in, either the collection basket or just uh, the back. We'll, we'll find it. Just write it out. We'll track it down. And then, secondly, as many of you already know, our, our brother, of course, Bill Harnack, passed away last Sunday. and we announced it. And so his, his funeral services are pending still. We're trying to work on the details. Nancy is here, already. So uh, we're try to do it sometime in November. So, uh, so that way the family can kind of get together. What was a beautiful thing when I announced it yesterday? Pray for him. He died shortly before Mass started. And what what a good way to die to die on the Lord's Day. By the way, what a gift. He, he if there's a way for us to die, Bill did it. Was gifted with the gift of, of, of a good death, surrounded by family, with the sacraments on the Lord's Day. I mean, what what, what more else do you want? A holy cupcake from Jesus. I mean, that that would have topped it off. You know, it's a cupcake, Bill. It's amazing. But praise God, and so uh, that would be pending. We'll, we'll uh, get the details out as we start planning the funeral, since he was such a big part of our community. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In the year eleven nineteen. There was a French knight who went to Jerusalem on pilgrimage. At this time period, we had just won back the Holy Land from from the Muslims. If you remember that that particular time period, at first it was Christian. Muslims came in, conquered it. The crusaders came, reconquered it. And so at this time period, the crusaders are in control of Jerusalem. But as this knight arrived there, his name is Hugh of Payens he noticed something happening to the pilgrims. So all, all the pilgrims from Europe would come. They would come and arrive on ships, most of them. And they would arrive on the port city of Jaffa. And from Jaffa, they would journey. It's about a 50-mile walk from Jaffa to Jerusalem. And that stretch from Jaffa to Jerusalem was treacherous. It was customary to be robbed, beaten, killed, attacked by these marauding bands of, 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 just, of just thieves. And at one point, there was even a time when he witnessed hundreds of, of Catholic pilgrims massacred on the way to Jerusalem. And so Hugh of Perrin said, here he is, he's a knight. Remember, knights were the elites of Europe. They're from the most noble of families. With all his power, and all his strength, Hugh of Perrin said, I must do something. I must do something. My brothers and sisters are dying. They're in need of me, of someone. So he notices that need and he responds. And he would eventually found a new type of religious order called the Poor Fellow Soldiers of Christ and of the Holy Temple of Solomon. <laughs> That's a long name. Can you imagine that on, 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 your, on your business card? the poor fellows, soldiers of Christ, and of the Holy Temple of Solomon. We now know them, you shorten that line, that name up, as the Knights Templar, the crusading knights of the crusading period. (coughs) These crusading knights would become, eventually, they would become military escorts of the pilgrims. They would arrive at Jaffa, and then the knights would escort our ancestors, like I say, our ancestors, because most of us, I mean, you're drawn from European stock, most of us, huh? And so our ancestors would come, would arrive, and the knights would guard them as they would journey to Jerusalem. Why are they going there, by the way? Because they wanted to touch the tomb of Jesus. They wanted to go to Calvary and say, ah, this is the very rock that our, our Lord was crucified upon, where His blood was shed and all and, oh, these pilgrims would go. And to this very day, when you go to Jerusalem now, you go to visit the Holy Church of the Holy Sepulcher, that church that you, you'll see there was built precisely by the crusaders. It's still intact. And you can see on the walls, when you go inside of it, there are crosses etched into the stone. I don't know what it is about human nature, but we like to write our names and, and stuff on walls. You know, we, we complain about kids spray painting walls. That's actually a very ancient thing. Back in those days, they would chip in into the, into the rock. And they would carve in their names. They would carve in crosses. They would carve, all over the Holy Sepulchre are just thousands, if not millions, of just etches of all the pilgrims over the centuries that have gone there. And the Knights Templar would eventually grow to kind of give you a sense of who they were. They were Catholic military monks. They were the elite soldiers of their time period. They, 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 they took vows of chastity, obedience, poverty. In a sense, to kind of give you another idea, imagine if our most elite soldiers, or say the Navy SEALs, for example, imagine all the Navy SEALs were Catholic monks. That's how intense these guys were. And these monks would eventually grow at their peak. Some scholar estimate there's about 20,000 of them. Again, drawn from the noble families of Europe. It will grow so powerful in the day that they would eventually have over a thousand houses all spread throughout Europe. And amazingly, for a fun fact, you share this at your next uh, Thanksgiving party. (laughs) But the monks would eventually create and invent our modern banking systems. And notice why. So imagine if you're in Paris and you're about to go on pilgrimage all the way to Jerusalem. And you were worried about getting robbed on the way there. So what you would do is, you would go to a monastery, a Templar monastery in Paris. You would deposit your money in Paris. Say, $1,000 in their money, $1,000. And the Templar knights would give you a piece of paper with the amount of that you deposited in Paris. You take that piece of paper. Now, all of a sudden, you arrive 2,000 miles later in Jerusalem. You go to a Templar monastery in Jerusalem, and you give and you hand over your check to them. And they give you back your $1,000. It is these Catholic military monks who invented modern banking, by the way. So share that next time. We all have banking. Thank you, monks, right? But what's amazing about it was notice the great noble sons of Europe who are completely living lavish lifestyles, they have castles, lands, they have everything. And yet these sons left everything behind to become Catholic monks to defend Christianity. All their power, all their strength, and they put it in service to the poorest of the poor and to the needy. Do you see the difference with the first reading now? With the example of who taken from the prophet Amos. Notice now, in contrast to those mighty knights of the crusading era, to the people that Amos is, is chastising now. He writes, Amos, he says, woe to you complacent in Zion. He's speaking to the rich now. He's saying, you're lying on beds of ivory, Stretched comfortably on your couches, eating lambs taken from the flock, improvising music to the music of the harp, drinking wine from bowls, anointing themselves with the best oils. You see, what's happening here, Amos, he's preaching to, this is around the 8th century BC, and he's preaching to the 10 tribes of the northern kingdom. See, at this time period, the 12 tribes of Israel had split to a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And the northern kingdom was growing in power and wealth and strength. And so with all this wealth, what happened to them? Which is what happens, again, always happens, no matter whether you're in the 8th century BC or whether you're 21st century. What happens when when you're gifted a lot of money? Not that money is bad in and of itself, but what happens? It tends to inflate our egos, doesn't it? We, t- we tend to puff up, especially when we were bled. That's why it's always hard when, when, uh, when the children of, of, of very wealthy families inherit the wealth, what happens to them? <laughs> Sometimes they go crazy, don't they? And so in this northern kingdom, going back to the prophet Amos, so the ten northern tribes are growing in wealth and in power. And God sends the prophet Amos to remind them. You're sitting on couches, drinking wine from bowls, lavishly living, while, it says here, he says, while Joseph is collapsing. Meaning, there's poor among you, you're surrounded by the poor. And you're ignoring them. Do you see now, they've taken their power, their wealth, the prestige, and they've turned it inwards upon themselves. While the knights, in contrast, what are they doing? They're taking the wealth, the power, the prestige, and what are they doing with it? They're giving it away in service. Our Lord, whenever you you read the, the Gospels, our Lord is very emphatic on this point. that we must if we want to be his disciples our salvation is contingent upon how we treat the poor flat out our salvation it, it is so tied now with our salvation that our Lord says remember he speaks about this especially in Matthew 25 where he says eventually he, he describes how at the end of time he'll, he'll see those in heaven or he'll see those in judgment he says Lord, Lord Didn't we eat with you? Didn't we drink with you? Didn't we know, didn't we serve you? But then he said to them, whatever you do to the least of my people, you've done it unto me. And that is why powerfully in that gospel reading today, he lays out to the Pharisees that powerful example of the rich man and Lazarus. Again, notice that contrast. What does that rich man do? He takes all of his wealth, his power, and his prestige, and he turns it inwards upon himself. It says that, he's, that he is he's clothed with purple garments. See, at that time period, purple was hard to come by. It was a difficult dye. It was very, very expensive. And so whenever you see somebody dressed in purple, it means they're rich. It is the Armani suit of, of this time period. Huh? Somebody walked in with Marnie, an Armani suit on or, or, or with a Gucci handbag. You're like, wow, you're, you're a rich person. That is what purple garments... Are to this time period, and it said that he dying sumptuously every day. While Lazarus, on the other hand, had sores and dogs wanted to lick his sores. You meant that image. You see, my friends, if we want to get to heaven, and I use that language very strongly, because I follow the language of our Lord, it is contingent upon how. We now take this gift of salvation we've received from Christ himself and how we treat the poor. Which is amazing. We don't have to go far to do this, by the way. We don't have to found some military Catholic order of knights to do this. Nor we have to go abroad. The poor are here. The poor are in our families. The poor are down the street. The poor are our neighbors. Today we can help the poor. And so, which is the great thing about our community? And so, which is the question I want to throw out to us now? How, as a, as a, as the a Catholic faithful, and I challenge Portola as well in this, and I was speaking to myself as well. How, as the disciples of Jesus Christ, and in Portola and in Loyalton, how can we serve the poor better? I want to throw that out there, and and I want us to pray together as a community. What is the Holy Spirit doing in our community? Saying. All right, if, if, if we have to stay close to the poor, how can we best serve the poor? I mean, we already do a lot of great things, but what can we do better? What is the Holy Spirit telling us? How can we respond? Because the poor are everywhere. Let me know. Let's discern this, how we can respond better. It is a gift. And if you're looking for an opportunity now, and I'll end here with uh, this plea, or an invitation rather, as Amy was saying in the beginning on November 3rd, we have our our amazing harvest dinner. I don't know about you, but I love that time. It's fun. It's great, great food. Great time to get together. How can we come together as a parish family now to make this the best harvest dinner in our history? (laughs) No, seriously. How can we make this the best? And as as we're we're always striving for, we always need volunteers, people to take over to help out. And so I want to ask everybody, because I think in order to pull this off, we need all hands on them. You know, the Knights Templar, they had something called the Holy Trinity Formation. So in battle, the Knights would line up with all their shields together as one, like the Holy Trinity, one. Because they knew in battle, if they were together in battle, each with their own gifts and strengths, we would conquer that battle. Same thing with the parish family. If all of us link together in that Holy Trinity formation as, as a parish family in order to conquer the harvest dinner, oh, this would be amazing. So if you haven't volunteered in years, in, in the years past, I want to invite you. And let's ask ourselves, what can I do now for the harvest dinner? And, and how can I pull this off? Because a lot of that, all of the money goes towards our, our, our ministry. You don't know this, by the way, but Oftentimes people will knock on my door in Portola asking for food, paying their electric bill, their heating bill. They, they, they need room and board. What's amazing, because you're your generosity, I'm able to give them that. We're able to give them checks, give them gas cards, give them food, give them money. All of that comes from your donations, by the way. And so all of, all of the money that, that we are able to raise and to contribute adds to our flourishing as a parish family in order to help the poor. And the Harvest Dinner is also, it's a privilege and it's a great time. But also all those funds goes to help fund our outreach to the poor. And so, what are each of you and me doing for the Harvest Dinner? And so, so, so we really want to call out as we, as we look for volunteers from all the way from sweeping the floor to serving the dinner, serving the drinks, putting away the tables, everything. Imagine us as a parish family come together like Catholic knights on the field of battle. And the only reason why they would win was dependent upon if each man, and in our case, each man, woman, and child, held their line on the battlefront. So, Jim Richards, what are you doing for the harvest dinner? Reed, what are you doing for the harvest dinner? <laughs> Zach, Andy, what are you doing for the harvest dinner? Christopher, Logan, what are you doing for the harvest dinner? You're not just going to eat, you're going to work. huh? We're all going to work. Because when we all come together as a parish family, oh, the church is vibrant. And I'll be washing dishes right next to you, Jim. So sign me up, I'll, I'll, I'll wash dishes that day. I don't mind, I got callous hands. They're not just made for chalices. So, my friends, as I come to an end, let's stay close to the poor. Stay close to the poor. Seek them out. They're not far. They're just around the corner. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.